Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, cowboys and cowgirls, to the next episode of Ingles and Ian. And with always... I'm here, and so is your good friend, Ian, buddy. How you doing, man? You finally out of the quarantine? Yep, I am uh, I am free at last. Um, got back on Wednesday, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back in Stillwater. It feels good to be back. Nice, nice, nice. Hey, and it's, it's game week, man. You got out just in time for Baylor, and I think this is going to be a big, important game for the season coming up. I think, I think the way I see it going – I think it's important now, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it may not be as important later on. Maybe, but I mean, they're, they are 4-0. Granted, they've played nobody. They played Iowa State, but I don't know. Iowa State doesn't seem that good, but I think it's really the time, you know, they got a bunch of people coming back to for the anniversary of the 2011 season, you know, and they smoked Baylor that game. So I think a lot of the players are going to like want to do well. And at this point, our wide receivers are back. We've got our running back is set. It's I think it's really a put up or shut up game for for Dunn. Can he actually scheme this game knowing his weapons are in place? Yeah, it, it I, I agree with that 100. Um, percent Now that you have most of your offense back, uh, we're going to see how Jaden Bray does because uh, he he didn't he played but he was very limited. I don't know if he got. I don't think he had a single catch, but. Yeah, having that also having that uh, 10, uh, 10 year anniversary team back, that twenty eleven team. I mean, that that's some added pressure. That's well, some added expe- pressure for them, especially because you know when Sanders came in, he took number three with with a lot of you know bravado. Like, I want to be the next Brandon Whedon, and Whedon's going to be there. So, I don't know. I, I've it's either going to be one of those games where he puts up like four hundred yards or throws four picks. One of the two, and there's no in between, is there? <laughs> It doesn't feel like it is with Spencer Sanders. I mean, granted, if you were to like throw up like 275, no picks, two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, that'd be pretty a pretty solid game for him. I think we'd all be pretty okay with that if it's just like two if it was like 275 and like two touchdowns, that'll work too. I think I think more importantly, I think they just want to get the win more than anything. Right. And, you know, going into the bye week. So hopefully they're not looking ahead for anything. Uh, You know, Baylor is interesting. Like, like I said, they haven't really played anybody. You know, they played like Texas state and Texas Southern. They played Iowa state who I don't know if they're any good or not. It's hard to say, but they don't get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, even the bad teams. Oh, they play Kansas and Kansas is Kansas. So, you know, they only have like four or five sacks on the year. Where Oklahoma State, they're averaging three and a half sacks a game, actually three and a quarter sacks a game. So if the offensive line comes to play, which they have been the last two games, I think Sanders is going to have all the time in the world to, to dissect this defense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, only have five sacks in four games. I mean, that's, that's going to be a lot of time for Sanders to do whatever if uh, the old line could take full advantage of that uh i mean osu has 13 sacks in yeah. uh three in uh in four games as well so there it's kind of a tale of two teams right here where you look at those defenses are definitely they scheme very differently right but they do have also four picks on the year too so their secondary is decent but again, they played Texas Southern, <laughs> Texas State, and Kansas. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, we we had our issues with you know Missouri State or whatever. But uh, I don't know if they are four zero because of the schedule or four zero because they're good. I mean, they're putting up a lot of points. They're averaging like four hundred yards a game, and you know their their rush attack is really good. Both their main running backs are. The Abram Smith, 57 carries, 413 yards. Uh, Tristan Ebner, 50 carries, 348 yards. I and mean, that's pretty good for four games. 
So I, I kind of worry about that, but and even their starter, you know, seven, their starting quarterback, seven TDs, no interceptions, fourth year Baylor. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if they're good or not. Like, are they actually good? Yeah. I mean, Gary Bonahan looks like your typical game manager because he's only attempted 19 passes against Iowa State, 23 passes against Kansas, and then 23 and 24 in his, um, against Texas Southern and Texas State. So I think if you can put the pressure on him and make him, make him sweat a little bit, I think that he'll be in for a rough, rough day. As far as the running game is concerned, I mean, they have, a, again, two running backs with 50 carries. But you kind of look back at what Oklahoma State did last week against Deuce Vaughn. Contained him yeah. to 22 yards on the ground. If they yeah. could do that same thing, I'm not super worried about that. The only thing that I do worry about is uh, Onahan. He can run it. Like, he's got 24 attempts for 112 yards, 4.7 average. So, I worry. And you know, he's got four touchdowns on the ground. Wow. So, they're going to be running him a lot in the red zone. And normally speaking, Oklahoma State's had a hard time with running quarterback. So that does make me a little worried about what's coming up. But with Knowles' defense, the way it's playing, like I, I just feel that he's going to blitz early, blitz often, and just try to get to the feet of the quarterback and just keep them moving. Yeah, I mean, they're not a team because um, I went over the stats against Iowa State last week. They got outgained and every single thing. So it's just, I think it's just about limiting your mistakes and, you know, causing Baylor to have more mistakes because again, they got outgained, outrushed. Like no, they had no sense of winning that game based off team stats. Right. So I think it's also about, you know, <laughs> They had a they had a special teams uh, special teams touchdown. They had a kickoff return. So OSU did give up a a kickoff return earlier in the against Kansas State. So avoid that, avoid that for sure. Get the crowd in your favor. And I, I nothing about Baylor like stands out to me. Right, and you know the only thing that really jumps out is that four and record. But again, they played some terrible teams. And so I really, I really think this is like the game. I, some of the other people, Cowboys right for free have been giving me a lot of business because I, my prediction is 42 to 28 Oklahoma state with two picks. And everyone's like, Oh, there's no way they're putting that much up. I'm like, I think this is the game. Like I said, on Monday, I'm starting to get that little bit of hope, which is always a scary thing, but I got, I got the hopes this is the game that like they finally like it all clicks and because we saw a flash of it in the first quarter against Kansas State you know they put up 28 real quick lots of really good tempo everything else and I think this is the game where it all just comes together and done because this is what his 15th 20th game as offensive coordinator so I think he's going to settle in and we're going to see if he's any good or not is really what it comes down to is 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 done that good we know Knowles is that good um, so are we going to get back to scoring points like we should? Well, going into the game, the defense is um, a little less um, a little less talented, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, we get Brock, Brock Martin is out for this game, mm-hmm. I believe. Trey Sterling is out for the season. Right. So I'm not – again, I'm not worried about the secondary, but that defensive line, that's you have, uh, you're going to have to have Colin Oliver step up which I'll get into my prediction. I have Oklahoma State winning 34 to 24. I think it's going to be another typical OSU game where they're going to start off really well early and then play conservative in the rest of the second half. Um, like it, when it gets to halftime, it'll be like 31 to like 10 at halftime. And if it's 31 to 10 at halftime, I will be so happy. <laughs> but then – Baylor's going to score two touchdowns and Oklahoma State's going to like get a field goal. And then you're like, well, hopefully, and then you're in the same spot. Hopefully Kale gets his, gets his stuff together and starts making field goals again. Yeah. I, I, I feel confident with him within 
39 yards because <laughs> the two field goals he's made have been one from 20 to 29 yards and then one from 35. Just don't want him anywhere near like the 40 yard line at all. I wonder if it's no, I think point. his career high is 44. Yeah, it's it's always kind of weird because we've had a lot of really good kickers for a long time. So it's weird to have the kicking game be so shaky. You know, you know, Dan, you had Bailey and Sharp and Amandola, like just years and years and years of really good kickers. And now it's kind of like iffy. Well, I'll keep it a buck with you. I thought Amandola was struggling toward the end. I think there was a couple of field goals he missed, like in key situations. He was good, but toward the end, it was you're like you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> That's true. But I think he also had like a hip injury. He was trying to play through if I remember right. But he's Maybe, looking decent but... for the Jets. I feel bad that he's on the Jets, but he's looking good for the Jets. Has he had any kick the Jets? Yeah, I like... know they scored zero points against my Broncos. Well, he like crushed a punt the other day, like 60 something yarder punt. <laughs> I did see that. I thought that I was like, bravo, man. That's I didn't even know he right punted. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think he does. I think their punter was hurt. <laughs> well, he punts now, I guess. Good for him, man. I mean, look, you got to do whatever you got to do. So, All right. So, who, who's, who's your standout player for this game? Who's going to be the, the guy for the game? Um, I'm, I'm going to say the guy to watch is going to be Colin Oliver. I think him on the defensive end replacing uh, Brock Martin, he's going to have to be that guy on the end that he's going to have to make a splash like what uh, Brock Martin was doing. So I think he, he's going to be my player to watch, and I think he's going to have a great game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they've only like Baylor's only given up two sacks, so but and I expect Oklahoma State to get at least three or four maybe five on this guy because I don't think their offensive line is that good. Maybe it is. I don't know. But, but for me, the player of the game, and this is sort of a, a misnomer, but it is going to be the play action pass is going to be the player of the game. Cause like, you know, Sanders is run the football. I know Sanders is run the or Sanders. Warren is running the football. Everyone knows it. And so if they can start freezing linebackers with some RPO and play action pass. I think whoever's playing the slot, you know, Presley or whoever is going to just have a day. I honestly think Presley's going to get bowl like numbers, seven catches, 110, 120 yards kind of night for him. Uh, yeah, I think he's due. He's, he's very much due for a big game and hopefully that does happen. You know, and the way our our receivers are playing on the outside, they're going to have to be shading the uh, safeties over, and it's just going to leave the middle of that field wide open, especially if they can do a little play action and just keep the linebackers near the line of scrimmage. I think we're, we're going to see multiple 20-yard completions over the middle this game. I think that'll be a big key into winning the game, and I hope they do expand that playbook because we saw a little bit of it against Kansas State. So – if they can like continue to progress through uh, through that, then that's going to be that'll be big. And this is going to be like the first like two weeks that everyone's really healthy, right? Because like you know we were missing an offensive lineman to start the season, and the receivers got hurt. So this is the first like two weeks in a row that pretty much everyone on the offensive side has been healthy, and I think that's going to be a really big deal, especially you know with just cohesion. And now you know Sanders has got you know, five, six weeks with, you know, his receiving core now and they're young and, you know, he's having to not throw it to people he's used to throwing it to. And I think now, I think this week is the week it all comes together. I hope you're right. Uh, the other thing is that there's a bot, they have a buy next week. So if, if that's the game where they get hot, I kind of want them to get hot next uh, in their next game, because then they could be consistently hot, hopefully throughout the rest of the year. But if they, I mean, it'll be nice to get a win here and then get everybody healthy. Uh, I, I kind of like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying there with the whole, you know, get hot, stay hot kind of idea. But I also like the idea of having this bye week with uh, Texas coming up afterwards. So it's not like Texas is on the ninth, right? And so, you know, that, that could be that idea. Maybe they're looking too far ahead to Texas. So I think this will help keep them grounded 
And especially with everybody coming in, it's going to give them some rest time before they go on a road on the road because they're playing at Austin, then at Ames the next week. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a really big deal for them. And then, you know, back home for Kansas. <laughs> oh, man, too bad it's not a ha- actual Halloween date. It's the 30th and not the 31st. It's the homecoming game. So, yeah. I think that'll that's always great. Yeah, homecoming is so much fun. Maybe I'll try being still water for homecoming. It's been a while. I actually have never been to a homecoming. Oh, it's so much last fun. Year was my freshman year. Yeah, that's right. So, so like, they didn't walk around it. wasn't a thing. And uh, yeah. are they are they going to do walk around again this year? I think so. I that's think a, that's so much fun. Just like yeah, I've had a lot of fun there. So I mean. When was the last time you're here? Because I know you were around in 2011, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I was living in still. Well, I lived in Stillwater for part of 2011. Then I moved to Oklahoma City. The last game I went to was 2019. Um, I was in Stillwater. I've been to Stillwater a couple times since. Um, like I was actually in Stillwater like a, like a couple of months ago because I was visiting my girlfriend in Tulsa, and we went to Joe's and had a good time there so um and then earlier this year we went and you know i played around at lakeside which is like i love that golf course it's not the hardest golf course most challenging but like that's the course i grew up on and where i really learned to play golf so it's like lots of good memories <laughs> and lots of really bad memories too like oh no i remember putting it in the trees here <laughs> but I, I would like to make a game this year well, let's talk about the 2011 team because they're they are coming back, and I'm I'm sure you have some fond memories of them. And we mentioned that Baylor game against them, uh, oh. it was a 39 to 24 beatdown beat at Boone Pickens. Down, I was actually at that game. I was that that's the one game I went to that season, and it was just yeah. Was that Holgerson or Munkin who was the OC? That Munkin. Year? Yeah, he like it, you know RG3 was like the guy and. You could tell they were just like, screw you. We're going to bury you. They pulled out like a couple of trick plays and Whedon was just all over the place. Like just dime after dime after dime, like all over just what he did. Uh, You know, that was a really fun game, you know, afternoon and still, it was an afternoon game in Stillwater. And man, it was a lot of fun. And that, yeah, there was a lot of great memories, some some pretty bad memories too, you know, um, I'm sure we'll talk more Iowa state when that game comes up, but man, that, and that was like such a special season. Cause like we, we knew we were going to be good, right? Because 2010, we played really well. I mean, Bedlam went down to the wire, you know, Whedon was back, you know, Washington was there. Every, just everything was, was flowing. And for some, somehow we got picked to finish like six in the conference that year it just everything was perfect uh just the perfect storm and yeah it was a special time especially because like Whedon's only a year older than me so it was like it was like oh I'm watching this guy who's like my age doing this and it was kind of cool <laughs> uh yeah that was just that team was so fun uh, I couldn't imagine what that team would be like if we had that offense with this defense they, they would be the best team in the country bar none yeah well listen listen to the point totals I mean 61 37, 59, 30, 70, 38, 45, 59, 52, 66, 31, 44, 41. So consistently putting up points on the board. Oh, yeah. Like, but, like we were talking about last last game, Kane State, that was like 1,100 yards of combined offense. Like, yeah. if Whedon didn't throw for 350, something was wrong. Like, it was like, what's going on? And the running game was really good. Like, everyone, like, talks about, like, just how, you know, weeding to, weeding to Blackman and all that stuff. And, and that was a, you know, great – it was a great receiving core. But our running game was stout that year, too. Lots of, you know, lots of, like, uh, shovel passes and, like, those that kind of stuff. And the running, the running game was really good that year, too. Like, everything was really good that year. We should have played for the national title. We would have won the national title. I, I – guarantee it we would have won the national title that year if we got a chance to play for it and we got screwed out of playing playing it that ls i remember that lsu team being really tough uh i that was really surprising that they ended up being three and also that um in that year that was the tulsa game that got delayed 
five hours and had to be played at like midnight. <laughs> that's the only, that's one of the only games I haven't seen in like the last 10 years because it did kick off at like one in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, I remember that because I was in Oklahoma City and that storm was vicious. So I remember just it raining crazy when like living there. It was unreal. I I remember waking up the other day, like my dad was like, Oklahoma State played at like 1 a.m. And I was like, huh? And there's also, I mean, in that game, there's in that season, that thriller with Texas AM. I think that was the final year Texas AM was in the conference. Um, it was seven at eight yeah eight. that was a really big i remember that game because like they were they were down i was like oh man here we go because you know AM was really like i said ranked really high and like then all of a sudden i was like keeping like because i was actually down in dallas visiting friends and i just like kept my like like we were at we were out eating hanging out and like could just like kept my eye on the tv and then all of a sudden it's like oh here they come and then all of a sudden just weed just starts Boom, 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 boom. It was awesome. Uh, it's good games. Good times. You know what's really wild about that? That A&N team finished seven and six. <laughs> I know, right? And well, they, and they, they started also, the season at eight. <laughs> well, they also had, you know, Taney Hill and, you know, he had a good career in the NFL. Or Is he still playing? I think he's still playing. Yeah, he's still with the Titans. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, like. We did end up be, beating a lot of really good quarterbacks that season because he beat RG3, he beat Andrew Luck, you know, all these guys who ended up like beating the, the pros for a long time. Yeah, I mean that big 12, I mean, Con Klein as well, mm-hmm. um, Landry Jones. Um, I mean, there were several really good teams. There were three teams ranked at the top uh 25 out of that big 12. And it was Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Baylor, and Oklahoma. And that was yeah. the year uh, RG3 won the Heisman. And he that was the Heisman. year before Kansas State had that breakout year. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, that's a hill I'll die on. RG3 did not win, deserve to win the Heisman that year. Like, he, he won it because he had a really good game against OU, and that was about it. I looked at, like, the – well, he's calling the game, so we'll talk about that in a sec. But <laughs> I was looking at the, like, the voting results – for that season, mm-hmm. listen to this is the top 10. RG3, Andrew Luck, Trent Richardson, Monty Ball, Tyron Matthew, Matt Barkley, Case Keenum, Kellen Moore, Russell Wilson was ninth, mm-hmm. and LaMichael James. And you, you look through the stats, and the top two were RG3 and Andrew Luck. RG3 completed 291 passes on 402 attempts, had 4,293 yards, 37 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Andrew Luck had 288 completed passes on 404 attempts, 3,517 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. So, like, did – you said you didn't think that RG3 deserved to win the Heisman. Who would you have given it to Luck? Would you have given it to Richardson? Like uh probably to Luck. I think he had a better a better uh a better year, but I don't know. He just yeah, he put up a lot of good numbers, but he never looked impressive. I guess is is what it was. Like he had a really one really good game and I watched pretty much every every game that year and I just I don't know, it just didn't didn't work for me, I guess. It's just a good way to say it. He is. I'm looking up RG3 stats. He has four total punts in his career. <laughs> his his college career. He punted three times in 2011. So he is. Let's look up Andrew Luck's uh, punting stats real oh, quick. Let's see if he has yeah, O for O, I'm sure. <laughs> he does not have. He has three tackles, though. Three total tackles. So I remember, like that's that was a trend for a while. That like, you know, you're sort of in that tweener position between kicking a field goal and punting, and so they would line up and like snap it to the quarterback and like pooch punt it. Like I remember that. That was a thing for a while. That's that's crazy. I love that. We need to bring like they do that in high school a little bit. Uh, in some of the games I call, we need to bring back a quarterback punters. <laughs> 
so for those uh for those pooch punts because look punting's an art form i'll say it like getting the ball to like as far as you can without touching the end zone like that that's a craft that few yeah. people have mastered that's something that like people forget about that 2011 team was quinn sharp that dude was nails kicking and punting like you know, the only like I, his only miss was, or one of his only misses was that Iowa State quote unquote miss, I, which I think was good. I will take that. To, I will take that to my grave, saying that that kick was good against Iowa State. But I mean, he buried people. That was a, it's something like I don't remember the ex- exact percentage, but it was a really high percentage of like punts inside the fifteen where he would just bury offenses, and that's something that most people didn't see as a weapon but it really was because people would be start backed up on their own end zone and it was great yeah he was really really good uh, in that 2011 season 79 of 80 extra points uh 22 of 25 on field goals so and then he i think he he has the record for most extra points made um, in, in 2011 <laughs> i might be thing. big 12 was it Big that 12? That was one of the Big 12, yes. I mean, not surprising then, with as many points as we were putting up that year. Yeah, I mean, and it, his punting, he was number one of the Big 12 three years in a row. Yeah. So he he's a guy, like him and Dan Bailey are on that Mount Rushmore of uh, field goal kicking. For and I don't, I don't know how he didn't end up sticking in the pros. Like, I, I just that to me is – like I thought for sure a guy who can punt and kick like that would have made a pro roster and he never did. Yeah, you think he would be on there, but I, I think they like guys who kind of just do one one thing. Cause he, he didn't he barely played. That was that's crazy because he was with he got he was undrafted because that's what happens with most kickers. Played with Cincinnati on their practice squad yeah. in 2013 and 2014. And then it was in the CFL for like a hot minute and then nothing ever happened. He was yeah, the big 12 special teams player of the year, like back to back years. Like it doesn't, that's wild to me. Yeah. And like, I think, I think part of it is there's some, cause I remember hearing this a while ago, like there's some weird thing to where at least back in that, when the CBA was in place, then veteran kickers cost less against the cap than younger kickers, even if they were making the same amount of money. Like, and so it was behooved them to have a veteran on the team instead of, but you figure, you know, if a guy can punt and kick, right, that's one guy and you can free up a roster spot. That is really, really weird. I mean, that is one of them that like always just was weird to me. Like, how did that guy not make those of any from everyone on that team? I mean, granted, uh, Blackman had his you know issues, but I mean, he he probably if he hadn't had his, his substance abuse issues, he'd probably still be playing. But yeah, of all the people on that team that didn't stick in the NFL, Sharp is the one that surprises me the most. Tucker or not Tucker Blackman is always going to be that guy. That's one of the biggest what ifs ever. Yeah. Well, and if because, he would happen now, they would don't test for weed anymore. He'd be fine. Right. Well, he was, he was always like, he was still good in the NFL. It was just yeah. his sub- substance problems. But he was great. I mean, I mean, he, but he didn't play for very long with like two years or something. They started getting in trouble. Yeah. But even, yeah, even on not. Jacksonville, he looked pretty good. Yeah. It was him and uh, Blaine Gabbard. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Blackman's numbers are like he had a really decent rookie year on 64 receptions, 865 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that's not bad for a rookie year. And he, he was definitely getting there. I also think that if Whedon had gone to not Cleveland, he probably would have had a better career. He's <laughs> Cleveland ruined him. I mean, also he was like 29 whenever yeah. he got into the, NFL. So I think I think people knew because he was the 22nd overall. But like he had a short shelf life. Right. Or he was I mean for 27 sure. when he got into the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah, that makes sense because I'll I'll be turning 37 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Ugh, it's I feel just, old. You feel bad for him, but it's just like, well, you got drafted to Cleveland and then 
well, like they got rid of him soon after because they got a uh, Johnny Manziel. Oh, right. wait. okay. Wait, it says he was 29 going into that season. Yeah. Well, they he played for pretty much a full season. It was like him and Brian Hoyer, but I mean, that was like four coaches ago for them too. <laughs> they were just a bad team. Man, probably more than that. <laughs> I still like whenever we look back at it, like it's some, it's still hard to believe that Johnny Manziel was a thing that feels like so long ago. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So what, you, what happens when you beat Bama, man, and all of a sudden your stock goes through the roof. Yeah. Like he, he was, he was that guy for oh so long. And then he's 28 years old out of an NFL job. He's only 28. He's 28, 299 days. <laughs> So he's gonna be, I would have thought he was in his thirties. I would have thought it like it just because you're right. It feels so long ago, but I guess it really it's only been like seven years. Yeah, and he was hanging out with Drake and everything. Like that's just so bizarre to see how far he's fallen. Yeah, Johnny Football man. Do you remember that Skip Bayless take where he's like, Johnny Manziel will be bigger. Than LeBron James, <laughs> Skip Bayless is an idiot. <laughs> oh man, no, it's so funny though. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> like pretty much my knee jerk reactions. Any anytime I hear Skip Bayless say something, my first response is, "Well, that's wrong." <laughs> yep, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, let's uh, let's transition away from football for a second. Uh, basketball had their first practice this week. Uh, what do you think of the OSU squad going into basketball this season? I like them a lot. I uh, I don't know if they'll be better than what they had with Cade. I think they'll be better as a cohesive unit, if that makes sense. I like what uh, them picking up Bryce Thompson, Rondo Walker. I really like. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a beast again. Uh, the Boone twins, they're going to be improved. They got the kid from Memphis uh, because center was such a big need last year. And yeah. now they, they got they got a guy, they're a five-star. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply from memphis i i forget his name but he's going to be really good i have really high hopes for him like the boyden is just he he has found a team he has found a group they were really young last year too i mean yeah losing the number one overall pick is gonna hurt but another year of experience for a lot of those guys uh, i think i think the team overall can be better because they're older they've got two big transfers Boyden's at this point is comfortable and knows what he's doing I really hope this is the year they can make that jump into you know a sweet 16 kind of team maybe an elite eight uh yeah I I hope that they go to the sweet 16 because I mean that's a big improvement from last year where they only made it the second round so if you can get there, that's that's big. That's a big stepping stone for your program. And then you're probably going to have guys that come back and then you say, hey, let's let's run it back. Right. And it'll be interesting to see how Boynton handles transfer portal and all that craziness. Yeah. But it's one of those things to where what, this is his fifth year in Stillwater. That sounds right. So, like, I'm, you're starting to get to the point where if he doesn't make a deep run, you're like, is this really the guy? Yeah, he can recruit, but is he good? Is he good enough coach to get them deep in, in March? And so, if he doesn't start doing that soonish, because Sweet 16, it's only two wins, right? It's not, I mean, it's hard, but it's not that hard. And yeah, we ran into that buzzsaw that was what, Arizona State? Was that Oregon State? Last Oregon year? State. Oregon State. Yeah. And they went deep, you know, but still. Like at some point, you've got to, if you're going to be bringing in 
you know, people like Kate Cunningham, you got to start winning in March. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at the, the, the players that they lost. They lost Kate Cunningham, obviously uh, Montreal Pena jr. Who I think is now going to a Juco. He was a freshman. They lost fair and flavors jr. Who's going to Robert Morris and they lost two walk-ons that didn't return. Uh, thank you. D Mitchell for your uh, service. I'm going to miss you a lot. D Mitchell, but they bring in Bryce Thompson who went to Kansas, Tyreek Smith, a forward 6'7", uh, from Texas Tech, Woody Newton, a uh, 6'8", forward from Syracuse, and then Musa Kasi, uh, I hope I said that right, uh, from Memphis, who's, who's a center. So they just added a lot of depth. Depth, can't say that, to the team. And that's just, that is, that's fantastic. And that's something that was desperately needed last year because when they didn't have Cade, it felt like, oh, oh no, it's all we're lost now. We gotta get Cade back in as soon as possible. Now right. you have a bench that runs like five guys deep. Right. And like all those new guys are all from other universities. It's not like they're all freshmen, you know, they're they've got real experience at real universities, you know. So I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be an interesting season for sure. Hopefully, uh, I mean, I think a big 12 title is within reach for sure with these, with this, with this team. Man, the big 12 is always tough. I know. I, I, know. I, mean, I mean, obviously you want to, I obviously I want to say, yeah, I think it's possible, but sometimes you just don't know. And there are no freshmen on this team this year at all, according to this roster. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I would probably guess they're going to be, second or third in the big 12 when, you know, the preseason odds and rankings come out. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say cause you know, Texas got the coach from tech and Kansas is Kansas. And so Baylor just won the national Baylor just won the natty. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be stacked, but I could see them being that like third ish and have a real shot at winning. I don't think, I mean, Baylor has got to be the odds on favorite to win the, to win the big 12 this year, but beyond them, I think they got a good shot. Kansas feel, I don't know why I feel like Kansas is going to be not as good this year. I think that, yeah, I think a top three is definitely reasonable. Yeah. can't. Top it's three, hard to know three. what's going all on with Kansas and the whole FBI investigation. And, you know, is, is self going to be hundred percent there is you know there's going to be distractions etc 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 yeah it's it's a weird weird team and again they start i mean look it it won't be long now november 4th is their um well november 9th is their first game against the ut arlington right their first like exhibition is against uh central uh uco november 4th Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to, I mean, it's going to be here sooner than we know it. I mean, heck we're about to play our fifth football game. We're over a third, third of the way through the season already. Crazy. No, it's absolutely crazy. It's gone by really fast. So what, uh, what other uh, NCAA football games you have on your radar this weekend? I think Arkansas, Georgia is going to be just Georgia bloodbath, but I think that um, I, one game that I'm really excited for, I think Alabama Ole Miss is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's um, – I expect – I don't think Ole Miss will win, but I expect them to cover because I think that spreads like 13, 13 and a half, something like that. And I don't know. That's a lot of points, and I think Ole Miss is better than that. And then, I don't know. I think Arkansas, is, they're going to keep it close. And, again, that spread was like 19 points, which is insane to me. So, I don't think they're going to be – I don't think they're a 19-point dog. It's hard to say two versus seven or eight is a 19-point dog. But if – so I think it's going to be really good. Then you got Cincy, Notre Dame, you know, the future Big 12 right there. If Cincy wins – They got a good shot at the playoffs for sure. Well, and they got if they no – like their, their schedule is soft. And this is one of the issues, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're going to have a hard time um, – getting in even if they win but they'll be what if they beat notre dame they'll be easily be top five. Oh yeah I, but, I i think so so they got notre dame 
And then after that, it's Temple, UCF, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, SMU, and East Carolina. Like none of those teams are good at all. Oh, uh, that SMU team is uh, it's pretty good. Okay, I, uh, S- okay, I'll I'll give you SMU. TCU, that might be what stops them. That SMU team. I really I really like SMU. I think that I think that game. Both of those teams might show up undefeated to that game, and uh, game day is going to be there. So Temple's two and two, UCF is two and one, Navy is zero oh and three, Tulane's one and three, Tulsa's one and three, South Florida's Tulsa's one and the best three. One and three team in the nation. SMU is four zero, and then East Carolina is two and two. Like they got besides SMU, they got nobody in front of them. East so, Carolina, I'll say this about East Carolina. East Carolina and Tulane. Tulane, sneaky good. We saw with OU. Uh, and then East Carolina is uh, – they're tough as well. They had a tough fight with Cincinnati uh, – or not Cincinnati, South Carolina the past uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I always beat the drum when it comes to, like, power six. Uh, it Their schedule is soft, but I think there's still a couple of teams that could potentially shake them up. Right. And, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what happens, you know, if Georgia and mm-hmm. Bama both lose this weekend, man, it's going to be pandemonium, chaos everywhere. The Dogs and cats living together. The gate is wide open if that's the case. I don't think it happens. Oh, I think Georgia is going to beat uh, um, Arkansas handily. I think they'll beat them by three touchdowns. And then I, I think I think Alabama will take care of business. It'll be like a seven point game. Yeah, I mean that's going to be really interesting. Can can the can the former Saban assistant finally break the mold of losing to Saban, right? Yeah. Cuz he's like 23 I mean, and 0 against his former assistant, some ungodly high number like that. Yeah, sometimes I forget that Kiffin was an assistant under Saban. Even though they love like the media loves to bring it up, I sometimes forget about it. Yeah, it's the <laughs> As the guys on ESPN, you say it's the Alabama home for wayward coaches. <laughs> like you're having yeah. a bad time, you know, it, was, it happened with Sark, uh, mm-hmm. happened with Kiffin, you know, mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien's there now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, come here, come be the OC. <laughs> I'll read, I'll resurrect your career. I think that's where I'm at with Alabama. It's like, you have Bill O'Brien. I, I, give you, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> at some point it's going to backfire. Because there's no way that Bill O'Brien is going to deliver you to the promised land, right? I mean, maybe. I mean, it is Saban, though. I mean, I think it's more about it's Saban, right, versus whoever the offensive coordinator is. But at some point... Does that offset each other? Do those offset (laughs) each other? Is that what it is? Maybe. But what what you're seeing, and you're seeing this in a couple of places, at some point, you don't reload, right? You're seeing a Clemson... Yeah, and you're seeing it at Ohio State to where they're, you know, not, not like yeah, they're court, they're good, they're talented, but they're not what they have been the last six, seven years. And like maybe, maybe it'll catch up to Alabama that, uh, you know, maybe maybe they're this freshman of theirs uh, falters because he is young. At some point, it has to. Some point, I mean, look, Saban is what sixty nine years old. At some point, he's going to hit that cliff that uh, the late great Bob Bowden did, and what Joe Pa hit, where they kind of just they, they kind of run on fumes and they don't they don't do as well. Yeah, so Saban, yeah, Saban's sixty nine. I mean, depending on how things go, we're going to know a lot about them in the next two weeks because they play Old Mess than A and M at A and M, a night game. Ooh, night game at A and M. That's going to be a fun one. Oh. That's they said that was a night game. Yeah, uh, September Saturday, October 9th at Texas A and M, eight PM on CBS. See, oh, CBS made that the night game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't see that. I thought that was going to be the two thirty game, but now two thirty is Old Miss, or well, three thirty here, but two thirty Central. Oh, is that going to be Old Miss? Uh, Old Miss Arkansas. Next well, I mean, week? this week is Ole Miss, Bama, obviously. Arkansas, yeah. they're playing Georgia, and then they play Ole Miss, and but that hasn't been determined yet. 
it's kind of crazy that Arkansas Georgia's a noon kickoff. Yeah, the, I I think that was determined like the week before because I think I think ESPN thought that oh yeah Arkansas is going to get their butt whooped at some point, and Probably. then it was just like oh well I guess that's your game of the week. Is that where game day is going to be? Game day is good. Yeah, they're going to be at uh they're going to be in Athens. Oh man, that's why Alab. So you got Alabama and AM kicking off at seven. You have the Red River. This sets up the perfect day of college football. What the night? You have Oklahoma and Texas at 11 a.m. You have Penn State and Iowa, who they might be, they're both top five teams right now. That game's at three. And then you have Alabama and AM at seven o'clock central. That sets up the perfect schedule. And Oklahoma State doesn't play that week, so we can just sit back and yeah, watch. we can just chill out. Also, do you think uh, you think Oklahoma loses to Kansas State again? I don't know, man. Like, it, it is covers. the perfect trap game for OU with Red River coming up, and you think they would have learned though? <laughs> but OU always like well, not always, but. In the recent years, they've always given up one. Like, one, they just shouldn't, like, to a bad Iowa State team a couple of years ago, K-State. Like, it's just one of those things. Well, they almost gave it up to West Virginia, but West Virginia's kind of good. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to make of OU. Does Texas end up beating them? Because I'm kind of kind of failing to look at, like, trap games after this. Because Kansas they'll beat. They might lose to Texas, but that's not really a trap game. No, I mean, it's a rivalry game. You can't really. Yeah. TCU could be just because that'd be a letdown spot. But I think they'd be ready for that. Here's the question. Do we think TCU is any good? I mean, maybe. I think SMU is good. So I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt there. Because, I mean, if we're talking trap games, Texas plays at TCU at noon on uh, tomorrow. That'd be a game Texas loses, isn't it? It that's, feels that's that one way. of those games because they have they always have a hard time with um with TCU. They're like seven seven and two against them, so that could easily be a complete disaster for Texas. Which that's just terrible. I would laugh so hard. I would too. <laughs> oh man, if you want to take a road game. You can go see Kansas State and Texas for six bucks at the end of the season. What? <laughs> wait, no, wait, no. You can get tickets for as low as four dollars. You can, you know, did you see the, the UConn Vanderbilt game? You can get tickets for a dollar. I mean, that's got to be too, like, oh, they both suck for <laughs> sure. To say they both suck is sort of a, a put down to the word suck. They are terrible. <laughs> Garbaggio, yes. <laughs> All right, let, let's close close it out with this. Did you see the Georgia Southern player who got like <laughs> I don't know if he got kicked out the team, but they fired the coach. He was like they were on the way to the game. He was on top of the team bus chugging a beer. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> that's a guy. That's a guy on one of my team. That's a, that's a guy on one of my team. A hundred percent. I think they ended up losing that game. <laughs> they did too. I think what got him suspended was that it was before the game. If it was after the game and they won, I think that won't. They like fired their coach and everything. It was just hilarious. Georgia oh, Southern has some weird, weird fans. I think because they, they used to be like an FCS powerhouse. Right. So I think they kind of still think that they could be that, but they're they're not that guy anymore. So yeah, yeah. I mean, here's we'll see to you, that next. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who Georgia Southern would hire, though. Jim Knowles. Jim Knowles, maybe. That, that's always going to be a great hire, but you think he would go to Georgia Southern? Probably not. I mean, there's going to be some really big job openings, and if he keeps having the same year that he's been having, he's going to be up for – you know, USC kind of jobs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do we want, do we want to finish it off with uh tracks that smack? 
Yeah, let's slap. do it. Let's do it. Well, so what is your Thursday track that slaps? Well, yesterday was International Podcast Day, so I'm just going to be a complete, you know, sponsor or like, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. I listened to our last podcast with Pistol uh, Rick, and I thought that that slapped. Okay. I'm going to sell out. <laughs> I can't wait for the uh, the uh, the tweet from uh, Cowboys Ride for Free grandfather, who is just gonna be like, "You you corporate sellout." <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with a bit of a nerdy track. Uh, let's give a shout out to one more episode by Kirby Crackle. It's all about staying up way too late and binging TV shows. It's a really cool, like, chill alt rock, like alternative kind of feeling song. Uh, We've all done it. We've all done it. Like we were like, oh crap, it's four in the morning. <laughs> Why am I still watching this? I need to go to bed. <laughs> I once watched uh I was watching a boxing match uh in like February. It was from uh it was in New Zealand. And I think I was up until like four thirty watching that bad boy. <laughs> and I was like, uh cool, I'm asleep in now. This is great. I <laughs> It wasn't even that good of a fight, to be honest. <laughs> it was supposed to be good, but it just didn't turn out well. It was you know, like, eh. You've kind of grown up with like the binge watch culture. Like I remember the first show I really binged was Sons of Anarchy when it first hit Netflix streaming back when Netflix streaming mm. was pretty terrible. And I ended up watching that thing till like three or four in the morning. And I had like an important meeting the next day. I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> and like wake up the next day, pound a couple of Red Bulls and go in. <laughs> oh my goodness. I I'm, I don't drink energy drinks. I don't anymore. So, I used to drink too many energy drinks, but I, I gave those up. I've also never been a big coffee guy either. So you're just like going on like spite, huh? Is that what you up in the morning? That and like, um, I don't know, just like Dr. Pepper and stuff. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for coming out. Um, let's hear, hopefully next time we're talking Oklahoma State's 5-0. and We have beaten Baylor senseless. And yeah, also happy October. It is officially October, man. Fall is here. Halloween, baby. <laughs> Uh, We'll see y'all next time.